2: Tom Brady threw a pair of touchdown passes in the final three minutes. Monday night football. They're showing the highlights this morning. It was the first item. Of course, I went to bed. I missed the end of the game. So I'm like, don't tell tell me, Tom. Did he do it again? Yeah. He now leads the NFL in all-time comebacks, victories in the fourth quarter. And the guy doing the highlights was, watch this now. Does Tom look stressed at all to you? Not. just another day at the office.
1: This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Come on inside. Make yourself at home. Canada's favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show is at hand. Here on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and WQEE, your southern home of sports and talk. Uh, Darren Moose DuPont is with me. And as always, we'll tell you what happened in hour one. We put last night in the NHL to bed. We talked about the breaking news today. Aaron Judge has signed a nine-year $360 million contract with the New York Yankees. He's not going anywhere in the Buffalo Bills. Leading sacker, Von Miller, is done for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, just want to look ahead to tonight, Darren, in the National Hockey League. Going to very much enjoy these games, although not as much as watching the Panthers at the Jets last night. Jets won 5-2, and they got the better of Paul Maurice in his return, and he got emotional. We covered that all last hour. Tonight, the Washington Capitals are at Philadelphia. The Buffalo Sabres are at Columbus. The Minnesota Wild are at Calgary. I want to talk about that. Boston Bruins at Colorado. Arizona is at Edmonton. The Coyotes have lost five in a row. New York Rangers are at Vegas. And Vancouver is at San Jose. And I should update our poll question today for Capital All Universal Collision Center. It's day seven of our NHL retro reverse jersey poll bracket. And today, we are putting the Boston Bruins up against the Montreal Canadiens. Which of these two reverse retros is better? Nice graphic put together by Moose. How about that? And while I really am steered towards the Montreal Canadiens' baby blue base with that lovely C across the front, I I really like that Boston Bruins jersey with the teddy bear on front. I just do. And I'm not a Boston fan. I'm more of a Montreal fan. But the jersey... I'm voting for Boston. Let's bring Moose back in. I think over 70% of our respondents, Darren, were voting for the Boston Bruins. But I'll say this. I had a feeling that people would grasp this. I can, t- I can pick up a storyline. You know that. I can smell it like a fart in the car. And I knew people would like this. You put the whole bracket up on our Instagram. You can go there right now at the Rod Peterson Show. And somebody's like, how did Vegas advance? I could read the exact. You it like, it's so boring. Arizona is so much better. Now we have a vote. It's called
0: a democracy. And Vegas won. I don't get it either. You see those comments? I know. I do. Yeah, I see them pop up. And it's, it's going to go crazy. But now, you know, it's going to create more awareness. And you need to vote. You need to vote. You need to be visiting the website every day to vote. You got to be visiting our Twitter feed. And you got to be coming here to watch the show every day and vote. And uh, make sure you see who's moving on in the bracket. So uh, a good day so far. And uh, Boston having their way with the Canadians. I remember those playoffs. That's why I picked these two, because of the playoff series when I was a little bit younger. Uh, They had great battles in the playoffs. Nice little rivalry there. The easy, low-hanging fruit would have been Toronto-Montreal, but I I switched it up.
2: Well, um, and that's the thing. I didn't get into this Jersey thing at the start, because trust me, Trust me, any players and coaches that I'm around, general managers don't care about this stuff, but I know the fans do, so I will play along, and now I've kind of got swept up into it to a point where I was upset that Vancouver was beating Seattle. I was very upset that Arizona was losing to Vegas, and then I'm like, why do I care? As long as L.A. wins this thing, because that's who I think is the best retro, and I mean by far, by far the best jersey, is the L.A. Kings. I will just say this. Joe Lazito sent me a photo from his closet in uh, New York last night. Wrote me on Facebook. It was a photo of a purple base, gold trim, crown on the chest, Ken Baumgartner jersey. Prince Albert Raiders, great from Flin Flon, Manitoba. And I, I got weak in the knees again. I'm, oh, thank you, Joe, for sending that. It's got to be your most prized jersey. Monty writes in, wants to know who's. Going to be in the poll tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow, Monty. I know you will. Bingo! Okay, so we covered all of that. The poll question. Um, with, there's, <laughs> when people join late, we have these lingering topics, as you know, Darren. So we just have to update everybody on what they are. And I don't think there's another show anywhere talking CFL every day like we do. And my commentary today on SASP Radio and RodPeterson.com was simply what I would do if I was the commissioner of the day for the day of the CFL. And I said, number one, I would make players mandate that they make at least two community appearances a season. That doesn't seem like a lot. Does it Darren? It's not. No. Uh, And what else have they got to do? They have a four hour work day. A lot of them are getting into trouble. Let's put them to positive use. Number one. And number two, I would rip up the TSN contract as the sole rights holder and distribute it to Sportsnet, CBC, CTV, whatever. Um, And I forgot to say that I would award 11, expansion franchises and today is not the day to get into what those cities would be although that would be a heck of a lot of fun but it has brought up comments from our viewers and i did again it's not bashing tsn the bar flies watching in winnipeg says tsn's product as far as the cfl is concerned has declined do they have budget issues or are they just trying to save some cash sarah orleski bailed a sinking ship uh, B.W. in Edmonton says, who was the last CFL commissioner that was good for the league? Any proof that he was? I would say it was Mark Cohan. Uh, that was in the 2000s. His first season was 2007, and the stadiums were full. The ratings equaled the uh, National Hockey League in Canada. Uh, it, meant to, it meant something, at least for me to have that role in the CFL that I did, and now it's fallen right off the radar. And the one thing is this is not an indictment. One thing of TSN, nor of the CFL, because we saw them at Grey Cup, those guys are working, and gals, like dogs. And he's like, Dave Naylor got particularly triggered today at me, I feel, because he's on the defensive. It's his network, and I wasn't taking a shot at TSN. Those guys are overworked, and a lot of cases underpaid, particularly in the CFL office. Um, It's their bosses that have the blood on their hands, making them do more with less. What can I say? Not a shot on anybody, but um, people sure get defensive, Darren. Did I do something wrong here?
0: No, they do. It's just as a fan, more networks. I think that was the idea. Forget about, you know, saying that the current model doesn't work and, and feeling like it's crapping on TSN. It's less about that. And it's more about it would be so much greater if we had what TSN's doing. But then if Sportsnet and CBC and maybe somebody else we're all doing the same thing imagine if you had you know triple the panels triple the insiders triple the you know commentary on the canadian football league yeah would be amazing and you can still you know make sure that you take care of tsn and give them more games and do things like that but open the doors let more people in i think it's good for everybody
2: and what I appreciate about our listeners on WQEE, Metro Atlanta, is they don't tune out to this. They're interested. They want to learn. Like, sometimes I think that we're putting them to sleep with stuff that they have no idea what we're talking about, but I'm getting mail from them going, this is cool. This is interesting. And uh, yeah. to be honest, in the 2000s, when the CFL had t- uh, games across all the networks, you did, did you know, I'm betting you don't, who was the play-by-play guy for Sportsnet? Of CFL football. Oh, on sportsnet. Just... No. Okay, it's fine. Tell me. It was Jamie Campbell. It was Jamie Campbell, who's the host of Blue Jays broadcasts on Sportsnet Now. So I remember walking into Starbucks. Sorry to get deep Sasky, on you here, but uh, chapters in the Southland Mall. I walk in, and there's Jamie Campbell with a notebook under, and he's signing autographs. Everybody knew him from the Blue Jays games. Right, and he's there, and uh, lo and behold, he was a big-time CFL fan. He was there to call the game that weekend on Sportsnet, so that's exactly what Darren was talking about. Anyways, um, I'm done on that. The Barflies says I'm still waiting for the Jets jersey with the World War II bomber pinup on it. Make it happen, Rod. Hey, Barflies, I'm waiting for it too. I've deferred to Darren. Sometimes I give a little input as to what the jersey poll's is going to be, but for the most part, I pick my battles. I don't want to be. Too much of a um, control freak. <laughs> I know people don't like that. Now, people logged in and tuned in at the start of hour one for my weekly NHL top five, bottom five. And I said, we have it, but not until hour two. So without further ado, let's go, Moose, for Bet Regal, our exclusive betting company and sports book here, RP's top five of the National Hockey League for the first week of December. 2022, the number one teams, the New Jersey Devils, and save for their opening two losses to open the season, they are by far the best team in the National Hockey League since, by far. Number two, the Vegas Golden Knights, by virtue of them mulching teams on this road trip. Number two, the Vegas Golden Knights. Number three, the Boston Bruins. They have more points than Vegas, but Vegas beat the Bruins just this week in a shootout and Bruce Cassidy's return. So they got to be better, right? One New Jersey, two Vegas, three Boston, four the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are who we hoped they were, but I'll remind you, it's December. But Matt Murray's playing by the Pittsburgh, like the Pittsburgh Matt Murray, so we got to be happy for now. And number five, it is indeed the Winnipeg Jets. And I'll say it again enjoy it for now. Mark Scheifele's trash talking, I feel after the game of Paul Maurice last night. I don't like that. But they are the number one team in the Central Division, the Winnipeg Jets. So number one, New Jersey. Number two, Vegas. Number three, Boston. Number four, Toronto. Number five, the Winnipeg Jets. Your bottom five in the National Hockey League are the... Hold on, Moose. It's one eleven Eastern, just so you know. Visualize a positive outcome. These teams need to do that. It's the Ottawa Senators, 5-5 five five in their past 10 and... They're already preaching patience again, and it's not even Christmas in the nation's capital. They're the 28th team of the NHL, fifth worst. Number 29, the San Jose Sharks. Despite the resurgence of Eric Carlson, who seems to have found the fountain of youth out there in the Pacific Ocean, they've lost three in a row. The third worst team, number 30, is the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll say it again. I can see Connor Bedard from here. They've won one of their last 10 games, the Chicago Blackhawks. The second worst team is the Arizona Coyotes. They are who we thought they were. They've lost five in a row going into Edmonton tonight. And the very worst team in the NHL. I don't get it. It's the Anaheim Ducks, and I'm starting to wonder why Dallas
0: Eakins is still there. So there we go. Um, Thoughts, Moose? it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess, in Anaheim. Or if it is broke and you want it broke, <laughs> don't fix it. So maybe that's why he's there, so they can have a better shot at Connor Bedard. That would be interesting. I'm just trying to look at you know some of the teams. Seattle fell out of your top five, but they've lost two in yep. a row. So I see that. Um, Dallas lost. Pittsburgh's on the way up. 8-1-1 in their last 10. They've won three in a row. Ninth overall in standings. I'm trying to think of who might be creeping up towards your top five in the coming weeks and Carolina continues to float probably somewhere, I would guess just outside your top five. So some teams to keep an eye on here in the next few weeks before uh, Christmas. Well, you gotta, you gotta be careful
2: um, with who you listen to, you know, and that's not to throw any of our friends under the bus, but Todd Pinkney pinks writes in, he says, Rod, I will buy you Edo Japan to put the flyers in the bottom five. <laughs>
0: I will say I don't yeah. Rod putting Rod putting Philly in the bottom five doesn't give them a better chance at Connor Bedard. As much as Pinckney wants Connor Bedard on his Philadelphia Flyers, they actually have to lose more games for that to happen.
2: I'd love to know why there's a lottery in the NBA and the NHL, but there isn't in the National Football League. Like we already know, I believe right now that the Houston Texans are picking first in the NFL draft this year and they'll have their choice of uh, Stetson Bennett right CJ Stroud Bryce Young they'll have their choice I don't understand why the NFL doesn't bring that in because if you're a Houston Texans fan whether you be watching them at the home uh, at home or on the road why would you buy a ticket because you know they're going out of their way to lose and I have not talked much about this I understand it we're sticking to NHL and CFL but just here in Miami the, two weeks ago, the Dolphins were up 30 to nothing at halftime over the Texans, and you should have heard the Monday morning radio. It was just entertaining to listen to. They were like, this Houston Texans team should not even be in the NFL. They are not an NFL team, and I don't think they are. Uh, so back to the poll, like all these fans are getting excited. You're, you're getting interest in all these other markets, Chicago, Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose, shoot, even Ottawa will have a chance if this stays the way it is, and I see no reason to think that it won't, they all got a shot at Conor Bedard. And just, can, just, can anybody tell me why the NFL doesn't have a lottery? Because I have no idea why they wouldn't.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it, it doesn't make sense because you want to avoid the tanking, especially when you were looking at the Brian Flores mm. situation, right? And being accused of tanking to try and get a better draft choice. I don't, I don't get it. I, I like the lottery. Um, so. And I know it's not a perfect system. We have ways, we have suggestions on how you could fix the lottery, make it more competitive, because you want teams at the bottom to try and keep winning, keep games entertaining. But, yeah, that makes sense.
2: Regarding my commissioner for a day mandate, Rose is watching in St. Albert, Alberta. She's a big fan of the show, and she says, I feel like the players already do at least two community appearances. Yeah, how do we know that? I don't think they do. And I worked in the league for 20 years. I don't believe that. I believe that they do a lot of community appearances, but I don't believe every player is made to do community appearances. And I can tell some stories when we come back about doing community appearances. You think you're doing it for the community. You get way more back when you do it. But until you do it, you wouldn't know that. I've got some Chris Jones stories on that, too. Steven in North Dakota. I'll just read one more. He says, did Arizona leave their hairspray back at Mullet Arena? (laughs) They're sucking on the road, but they're great at home at the Mullet Arena. Okay, story time when we come back. Thanks, Rose, for opening that up. Uh, It is the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and we'll be right back on WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod
1: Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod.
2: All right, you can always reach us. Right on set, 902-518-3033. Pick up the phone and text RP, Rod Peterson. Uh, We mentioned the NHL games tonight. I think my featured game is the Minnesota Wild at the Calgary Flames. The Flames somewhat languishing out of a playoff spot right now. We'll see how they fare against the charging Minnesota Wild tonight, the winners of four in a row. Let's bring the Moose back in. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. I don't want to spend all day on the commissioner for a day thing in the CFL, but I will say Michael wins watching in Winnipeg at his sporting goods store. And he says, bring back the Canadian football network, CFN. But people don't even know what that is. And I think if there was a chance of doing that, they would have done it by now. Do we have the moose or do we not have the moose? What We lost them. Uh, Clark tells me that they are having some audio issues. So, well, that's good. We'll get into story time. And be- before I go any further, by the way, the rock star of the day from Tuesday's show was Brian Ray of the Dallas Stars TV broadcast. He's such a great guy. And the viewers really seem to love that guy. He has quite a positive aura about him. His Dallas Stars lost 4-0 last night, though, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mitch Martyr extended his points break to 20 games. And Jason Robertson's was snapped robo as they call him in dallas at 18 games rose uh was saying from edmonton that she thinks the players do do community appearances now i'm sure a lot of them do but i'm not sure every one of them does and as uh, so we do have the moose back thank you clark and let's bring him in again the difference between this show and every other show is the stories that i divulge because any show can put Two boobs on the air to talk sports, Aaron. Most shows are. Um, But (laughs) I'll just, I'll say it again from an hour ago, Rose, if you weren't watching, an NHL team brought me in to talk about a variety of things, how they could spruce up what they do. And one was, how do we connect with the community? I said, send your players into the community, schools, hospitals, charitable organizations, soup kitchens, shelters, and they said, ah, our players want, don't want to do that. What else? And they, from what I understand, they're still not. And they're still not connected to the community. So I'm sure, Darren, you've done your share of community work, but it's awkward when you're a young man. I'm not a young man anymore. But those, nobody does more community appearances and community work than junior hockey teams. Nobody. And let's imagine you're an 18-year-old young man walking into a hospital room to talk to a young child dying with terminal cancer. That's hard. Very hard. Uh, So they do that, but it means a lot to the sick kids for sure. And the teddy bear tosses, that's going on all across North America right now at the hockey rinks. We get that. The ones that I've done, I'll give you an example. Little guy by the name of Houston Stover was mauled by a dog. A dog got loose on him. I think a German shepherd. He was about five or six years of age and uh, his, some of his family got a hold of me and said, can you come and visit Houston? Can you bring a couple of the Rough Rider players? First two guys I asked, yep, we're in. Weston Dressler and Scott Schultz. That photo keeps coming up in my memories for some reason. And just the other day, I saw a photo on Facebook from Houston's mom. He graduated high school, and he was like five when this happened. And I'm like, that little gummit. Can't even tell. But that dog mauled him something fierce. And we just sat in the end of his bed and just talked. And do uh, you remember Kyle Ross, hockey player? Mm-hmm. Regina Pats graduate. Of course, you would. U of S. He's a lawyer now. I ran into him about a month ago outside the Saddle Dome. But he was in a car accident so bad when he was playing for the Pats. He severed his back. They, he, he was like an eighth of an inch away from never walking again in a car crash uh, east of Regina. What happened? He was turning to go to uh, Murray Golf Course and the sun came in his eyes first thing in the morning. You know how that happens? And Wango turned into traffic and. Somehow or another, somebody from his family said, can you uh, come visit him and can you bring a rough rider? First guy I called, Chris Zarki said, yep, when and where? And I never really get what they get out of it. Like, I get what the players do. And that's a topic for another time. But it just, it means a lot. And uh I'm not saying teams don't do it. What I'm saying is most teams should do it because there's one guy, Brian Peters, we had with the Rough Riders, number 27, went on to the NFL, as you know, with the Vikings and the Texans. He used to show up in the community relations department once a week, like every Monday morning, and go, what do you got for player appearances I can do? And they'd load him up. But what what Brian knew was the more he did, the more he got out of it. And he wasn't doing it for selfish reasons. But there's a lot to be gained from doing that. And I just don't think it's as much of a focus anymore as it used to be. What do you think?
0: There's a ton. A ton to be gained. And you know what? Even if as a player or a team, you have selfish reasons, there's lots to be gained there too. Because if people get to know you and they like you and you're visible and they remember you, they're going to buy more jerseys. They're going to follow your social media accounts. They're going to be more connected to you. They're going to have an interest where you are, how you're doing, how many touchdowns you're scoring. They're going to feel like they have that relationship with you. So those are all great things, aside from the goodwill of making somebody else feel better. I mean, that's the real reason to go and do this. But there's plenty of spin-off benefits when we come back to the core of this to build your fan base, connect with the community, be part of the environment that you're playing in. I think those are all valuable.
2: Uh. I don't know what they told you about your audio, but it's <laughs> it it got to be fixed. John in Edmonton says, Moose sounds like a robot. Uh-oh. So I don't know. Can you fix that? What, what's up? I, hey, Clark says they'll work on it. So okay, back to, uh, back to my story time here. And that's fine. And I'm, I'm enjoying the back and forth here with the viewers. And it's going to get spicy in a second. Hang on. Pink says, by the way, Moose is not having audio issues. He is having wind chill problems. I would say there's a chance of that. What minus 49 Celsius in Sask and Regina with the wind? Um, Jennifer at the four seasons says, ah, oh, I remember that. So horrifying. Are you talking about Houston Stober getting mauled by the dog or Kyle Ross's car crash? There were, which one are you talking about? Jennifer? They're both horrifying. Um, Nicholas, he's just jumped into the pool throwing elbows here today. He says, hey, Rod, what's more useless, NBA talk or Serena's pathetic thoughts about Bernard? Next poll question, Roddy. I like this. So Nicholas, yeah, he's pretty much a priority one. Nicholas is around here a lot. Uh, By the way, if you were to take our... Let's say we're on the air well, 120 minutes minus 24 minutes of commercial time, 190 minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm bad at math, but probably one point per one, we got Moose back, 1.5% of our talk time spent on the NBA. You probably missed this, Moose. Nicholas writes in and says, Hey, Rod, what's more useless, NBA talk or Serena's pathetic thoughts about Bedard? well number one she would love that she would love that if there's one thing she loves it's a debate not an argument but a debate and i I don't know what 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 do we need to say about that she literally comes on here and does not care just drops her truth bombs and moves on does her next thing that night i could show you right now i got a text on my phone from an nhl scout who sent me the clip on Twitter of her saying Connor Bedard needs to work harder. And uh, he goes, Serena's right, by the way. His play with the puck is great. His play without the puck, not great. I turned and showed her the text, and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't need the validation. So, uh, Nicholas, you're upset that Connor Bedard was criticized. Uh, by the way,
0: get used to it. And your sound is great. What did you do? What did you do? I did tech 101, restarted the system, unplugged it and plugged it back in, and life is good. Something happened in the commercial break. I lost the feed and it went out, and um, it's all good now.
2: Here's an interesting one. Um, I well, man, I, I, I don't know who was it. Not the Calgary Hitman who started the teddy bear toss. Somebody tell me. I th- I think it was, and I may be wrong. But I believe it was a Western Hockey League team that started the Teddy Bear Toss. And a lot of our, was it Kamloops? Clark says maybe Kamloops. A lot of our uh, U.S. audience, and that might be unfair to say the U.S. audience because a lot of American hockey teams are doing it now too. I see it. I follow them all. East Coast League, Southern Pro Hockey League. I don't think NHL teams are doing it, but.
0: No, could you imagine? It's that
2: thing where, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Might be asking for some problems there, but it's, uh, you know, Christmas time of year. Fans are asked to bring a new or slightly used stuffed toy to the rink and launch it onto the ice when the home team plays its first goal. And by the way, a million stories on that. But Curtis Fallman writes in and he says, remember to wrap your bear in a bag before the teddy bear toss. Otherwise, it might get, get thrown out. Is that the new thing now? Is that the COVID rules? Are we worried that the teddy bears have COVID maybe? But you know that we've, because I've broadcast so many games, as have you. Have you been at the games like me where the home team is so bad we couldn't score? (laughs) So, like, with a minute to go in the game, the fans come down to the glass and just toss their bear and they'd leave? Yeah. That's happened. We were so bad at the past. Somebody tell me who. Started the teddy bear toss. There you go. Here we go. Rhino Radio. Checking in from Noonan, Georgia. Says the River Dragons will be doing that at their next home game. That's what I'm saying. A lot of the U.S. teams are doing it now. John in Edmonton says, Rod, it's a COVID thing. You have to put your teddy bear in a bag. From Allie in Texarkana, she says, there will be no Serena trash talking. Now, the great thing about her is she can handle it. She's got more balls than most guys I know. What do you got, Moose? Yeah, she lives for that.
0: No, I was just adjusting my glasses. <laughs> I wasn't putting my hat up.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, but you, just back to the community thing, by the way, it's taken taking forever for people to come around and realize what we're doing. And you, the main thing is when you're waiting, try to enjoy the wait whether it's Chris Nylon waiting 10 years to be welcomed back into the fold by the Montreal Canadians because Mark Bergevin froze him out and that's in the Montreal Gazette. And by the way, I don't think it's a specific Knuckles thing. If you go and read the article, all the alumni was frozen out, but while you wait, here's this. Darren had a coffee this week with a big time TV executive in Toronto. And he said, why is Rod not calling play-by-play? He should be calling play-by-play. And you said, Rod's doing his own thing. Like there's, we are starting to get it. When I was standing in that locker room addressing the Cardinal Gibbons Chiefs last week, I was representing our brand, the Rod Peterson show brand. Why would I do it for a team that don't care about me? That will knife me in the side at a second's notice when they're done with me? We'll push our own brand. We'll do our own community appearances on behalf of this show. Still benefiting the community, but it's, again, for our brand, not some teams that are going to benefit off our work. That doesn't sound bad, does it?
0: No, and that's, that's the position that we're in. and that's a, It's a great spot to be in, right? I mean, um, doing those and, and being able to reap the rewards from it, it's, it's awesome. Uh,
2: Curtis Fallman says, my wife is a nurse at the hospital, and they would throw the ones out that weren't wrapped because they would usually get damaged or super dirty. That part I get. You don't want to get these sick kids uh, with that, obviously. Uh, And Pinks says Kamloops started the teddy bear toss thing in 1993 after fans threw 2,000 stuffed animals after the first goal. Way to go, Clark. Tell him what he's won, Bob. Bingo! he won? Nice work, Clark. Real nice, Clark. Do we have Henny ready to go? Okay, we're going to take your time out, and we'll see you back here for overtime. See you then. Okay, it's the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 of them. Have you
1: subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson.
2: Talking hockey in the midday, and the only network doing it, Game Plus Television, live that is, and on the radio, WQEE The Key. 99.1 99.1 FM. If you've got Leafs questions, NHL questions, fire them at us now, 902-518-3033. We got him. The legendary Paul Hendricks joins us. Legendary Leafs reporter. The last time we had an issue with the audio, but I'm sure today we're good. Merry Christmas, Henny. What's up, brother?
3: Well, uh, Rod, uh, thank you. i um, enjoying retirement and uh enjoying the mix and uh, had spent a few weeks in Ireland hoping to get back to Madrid in the wintertime but still not missing any leaf coverage and uh, staying very much involved with what's uh, going on it's just an exciting time for this hockey team around here given the the injury situation on their blue line but given the fact that others have picked up uh, in their stead and we're finally seeing a hockey team that Mike Babcock wanted when he took over this club but couldn't them to play the way they are playing now because they were just young in the revolution. But lo and behold, uh, now under Sheldon Keefe, who's got this group that with its core have been together for seven consecutive seasons, it's now starting to pay some dividends for the club. Still early, small sample size, but you're getting an indication that this is a club that's gradually building to what they should be doing come April and maybe getting by a first round playoff series.
2: You went there. The B word, Babcock. Hey, fat, big fan of Babcock's here right now. But I, you know, Great. last night, Matt Murray made a season-high 44 saves and Mitch Marner extended his Leafs record point streak to 20 games with a 4 nothing victory over the Dallas Stars. That was a bit of a, a statement game, I felt like. That was like the marquee game of the night, other than Paul Maurice's return to Winnipeg. What did that game show you, Henny, about this Toronto team?
3: It showed me resilience uh, defensively as a group, and Rod, this team came in this season, I think, with its priority to play a better overall defensive game, a game they're going to need come the spring. You look at their top four scores, the big four. They're 11th, 19th, 40th and 50th in the National Hockey League. Austin Matthews, for God's sake, has more assists than he does goals. This is just a, a, an idea of how this team is bought in defensively as opposed to offensively. They know the own numbers are going to take care of themselves. But what we saw last night is a confident goaltender in Matt Murray, who obviously, after some down years in Ottawa, has plenty to prove. He's playing with a better team. That certainly helped. He's healthy. And he's now confident. And he wants to prove this over a consistent basis, Uh, as well as uh, the blue line and and, and the youngsters in terms of Lilligren and Sandine, who really took charge last night. And and this was a a, a couple of guys who kind of underserved last year, but they're young defensemen. Uh, First round picks in 17 and 18, respectively, they're still young. Uh, But they've got some role models in Hall and Giordano, and especially Mark Giordano. Uh, These guys have just showed this younger group um, how the game is to be played. Uh, They're all maturing as a group. And when they get Morgan Riley back and T.J. Brody back uh, in the next few weeks, uh, you could see the top pairing now dropping to the third pairing. Now there's all these sorts of questions, but I just see a total commitment to team defense, Rod, that maybe wasn't there the last few years. And and we saw it last night. Uh, they buckled down. They've beaten all the good teams in the national hockey league, or at least most of them that have come on their schedule. And uh, they're positioning themselves for a good run. If uh, they get these other guys back and, and stay relatively healthy, not easy to do.
2: Well, Henny, that, um, That analysis right there really, it explains your longevity because you're good. And when you said this is the team that Babs was hoping for, I didn't know if you meant talent or style and systems, and you just explained it. It's the defensive play. So what got through to them now that they didn't with Babs? you know what,
3: we can look at each of us and say, hey, where we were, can you imagine in your your mid mid to late 20s and you look back, where was I six or seven years ago in terms of decisions I made? Hey, I agree, you know, uh, a lot of things, and we're not going to get into them on this show, but this is where this hockey team is. Uh, I think Mitch Marner's always been a 200-foot guy, but he's a motivated guy now to really play the game. I think Austin winning the Hart Trophy last year's told Mitch, why not me? And, um, and I could see him uh, maybe even winning this award if able to stay consistently strong throughout the year. But they've just bought into what it takes to win in the National Hockey League. And that means having your heart broken a few times.
2: Well, and yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. here. I like it. You know, the Leafs went through it. Co- or, sorry, Tampa went through it. Colorado's gone through it. The difference, um, of course, is in goal. Yeah, go ahead. Are you going to say something? Yeah,
3: Washington's gone through it. St. Louis has gone through it. The Detroit Red Wings have gone through it before. I'm not talking this group of Detroit Red Wings. I'm talking about the Stevie Y era. They all went through it. And Bab's always talked about. You've got to get punched in the mouth a few times before you finally get it. And then you've got to have a few breaks along the way. But that work ethic, that game in, game out, doing what it takes. And when your star players, John Tavares has always done it. Um, but when the Willie Nylanders and the Austins and the Mitches and those guys start to buy in and then you add a couple of key cheaper pieces into the lineup and you get consistent goaltending uh, good things can happen. I, I, I know I sound optimistic. They've had a really good team for the last few years, but I think this is a team that's starting to do what it takes defensively. Uh, Babs is a hell of a coach. We all know that. The group he had then was just not ready to buy into what Sheldon Keith has them buying into now, and it's simply the process of maturity that Sheldon's got the benefit of.
2: Well, I, I love the update. Thank you. And, and, and listen. It's okay that you sound optimistic because they're a great team. Aren't they coming off a franchise record of points last year? And, uh, you know, Bernie Nichols is on here regularly. He feels if they hadn't lined up against Tampa in round one, they could have gone on to the Stanley Cup. But uh, those teams cannibalized each other. Henny, I just got to ask you this. As a guy who's covered the Leafs for so long, I was at the Lanny McDonald roast in the Saddle Dome just before I came back here to Florida. And it was sold out, of course, but they brought in Tiger. And they brought in Daryl Sittler to speak as a round table for the first segment of Lanny's career. What do you remember of that era of those three guys? What comes to mind immediately when you hear those names?
3: Well, again, team hockey. I also grew up in, uh, well, grew up. I went to high school in the suburb of Warren Park, Mississauga. That entire team was there, and I remember on my podcast uh, a year ago having Ian Turnbull on uh, the night that Daryl set his record, and it was Ian's turn to drive, and Ian would go get Daryl, but Ian was late getting out of the house, 20 minutes late, and Daryl was pissed. He was fuming. Then they had to go to Lanny's place to pick up him. Then they went over to Borea's place to pick up him, and they drove into Toronto, arriving at Maple Leaf Gardens about a half an hour late. Daryl really upset But of course, he went on to score um, all those goals and and record all those assists and and set the NHL record. But what I remember is that sense of community. They all lived in our area, Tiger included, um, and they were competitors. And and long story short, I know when Vancouver was playing Calgary in the playoffs, Tiger was going at Lanny, trying to get him off his game, saying things about about Lanny's wife, they're best of friends. I mean, we're talking best of friends, but there was a switch in Tiger's brain that when he was on the ice, it didn't matter. Um, it's, it's hard to believe that you would say anything derogatory about another guy's spouse, especially one of your best friends, but this was just Tiger being competitive. So um, a group of great individuals, but a sense of community, a fantastic team, and uh, a team that came... Came close, came so close. We've had a couple of those over the years. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe this group can get us really excited uh, come mid-April.
2: You never have to worry about going too long on those stories. And I will say this, when Daryl came down the stairs to go towards this stage, I didn't initially Mm -hmm. recognize, it had been a while since I'd seen him, but Henny, he had like an aura over him. It was like God was shooting sunlight down on him inside the saddle. Like I'm like, there's a star, and then the closer he yeah. got, it was. some Oh yeah, Daryl Sittler. Man, that's they don't make him like that anymore, do they? No,
3: you know that gray flowing hair. He's a good-looking man. He's he's <laughs> yes. he's Daryl Sittler. I mean, Canada Cup winning goal in '76. In I mean, all of that, and then you, you know, Lanny, one of the greatest gentlemen that ever was. He lived across the street from my uh, in-laws back on Spring Hill Drive in Mississauga. Bought the house. And four weeks later, Punch traded him to Colorado.
0: Yeah.
2: I know. Yeah, well, hey, listen, a lot of those guys, Henny, that I'm hanging around with don't want to talk about the Leaf era. They don't. They want to talk about their eras with other teams. It's, just, it's unfortunate that that's the case, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I look at Lanny and Daryl, and I'm like, can these guys be this classy and nice? And They are. They're not they fake. It's, oh. it's so great. Yeah, fans need to know that. Um, Henny, I appreciate the time, man. Uh, Merry Christmas, all the best of the new year, and hopefully we can do it again soon.
3: Yeah, health to you and yours, Rod, and my great crew uh, producing this show. Thanks for having me on.
2: All right, the legendary Leafs reporter Paul Hendrick joining us from the Big Smoke. We'll be right back with Overtime after this timeout. and Put a bow on this thing. It is the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, airing across all of Canada, all ten provinces, thirty-one U.S. states, and on your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE ninety-nine point one FM.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com/slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod.
2: All right. Welcome back, everybody. For Overtime, proudly presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC. And uh, the National Football League, the Moose rejoins us here, and it is uh, viewer takeover time. Just a shout-out to Ryan O'Radio, WQEE. says, another great show, RP and Moose. So thank you, Ryan. I got to hook you two up, Moose, because he's such a cool guy. He texted me last night as I was watching TV and just wanted to know how I felt about getting texts from Atlanta listeners and mail. I'm like, I love it. (laughs) So great. How could we not love that, right? Um. Just I said I promised the Chris Jones story, and I, and I didn't get to it. And this viewer, Paul Jefferson, writes in and says, Regarding community service, as a humble Broncos billet, I love watching reluctant or shy players discover how much fun it is to do school visits. Smiles for miles. That's what I say. I talked about hospitals and shelters and those kinds of things. Schools are a whole other kettle of fish. And I remember going to the Mother Teresa Middle School, not— Far down the road from where you were right now, Darren, while well, it was inner city school, and kids were literally jumping on me. It would have been about 2016, 17, maybe 2018. Kids were jumping on me. And they were going, Do you know Chris Jones? Do you work with Chris Jones? You're with the Rough Riders. Do you know Chris Jones? I thought they would be asking about Brandon Bridge or Kevin Glenn, the actual players, and they weren't. They were asking about the coach, Chris Jones. Why? because he's on the news all the time. So the kids are watching that. So then I went straight to the stadium and I said, Jones, you got to get out there and do some school visits. At the very least, go to Mother Teresa Middle School because those kids love you. And he goes, ah, damn, wish I had time. What can I say to that? I can't speak for somebody else's time. And I love Chris Jones. I just talk to him. But it's like you need to make time. So when Rose says earlier, well, I think they already do community visits. Not like they used to, and I said, if you mandate two a year, and one of those is an in-person interview, we used to have guys come down to the radio station, TV station all the time. How do you think I got to be good friends with Steve Sarkisian, now the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, Hook'em Horns? He used to love coming on the radio. We'd come down and bring Slurpees at six in the morning with his dog and his wife. Like they don't do that anymore, and they don't seem to want to do it anymore. And then they sit back and say. They can't figure out why they're not connected to the community. I got more, but I'll just stop there. I mean, it's the schools are just a completely different thing. Have I completely misread it there? What's your experience in that kind of stuff? I should have asked you a long time ago. We lost them. No audio, at least to me anyways. Yeah, it's not just me. Okay. Okay, I still don't know if he's got a hit. Yeah, I if he's got to hit uh, refresh or what. John Ohm in Winnipeg says, moral of the story, make time for others. I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Kate Moose, you started talking. We got you now. What were you going to say?
0: Yeah. Right. Well, you, you talk about the junior hockey teams. Are the best at going out in the community. They're in smaller communities too. It's it's easy to get some of that access and do those things. But um, no, you're right. You have to find time to do it. It has to be a priority. Connecting with the community and that comes from the top needs to be not as big of a priority as winning football games, but it has to be up there as a top priority. Not something that you just do if you have leftover time at the end of the year. It has
2: absolutely nothing to do. With winning football games, and um, my mind's jumping all over the place here at the end of the show. So, oh, all those little towns—I'm talking obviously—and I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back, but I've done those hospitals, schools, shelter—I've done all those. The small towns and the banquets—it's a whole other kettle of fish. And I could name you the towns that I've gone to, but I don't need to. The Saskatchewan people—I don't have anything to prove to anybody. But over the last couple of years, when I was doing, and I'm still doing them, people come up to me, how come the Rough Riders don't send anybody out here anymore? We used to get a Rough Rider every year for an event. And I would say, I don't know, but I'm here. Is that okay? You know, like I can't speak for them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Rose in Edmonton might be similar to a lot of people in sports right now. Well, we do do it. You think you're doing it. You're not doing it to the degree you need to do it or the way that it used to be. And it's fine. Don't. But I'll do it. And I am doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, you just keep doing what you're doing. And we'll do what we're doing. Um, Stacy at Access World Headquarters says, ooh, I do love me a 6 a.m. Slurpee. I will never forget. <laughs> and I took you by the old radio station. I'll never forget Sarkeesian had that carton that carton with Slurpees, four of them in there, and I'll never forget opening the back door of the fire escape and him hopping over the rail and up the stairs. Last minute of play. That guy coaches the University of Texas Longhorns right now, okay, and he used to bring his Slurpees at 6 in the morning, and he knew that I always wanted Dr. Pepper. Pinks uh, brings up Las Vegas getting an XFL team. We've known that forever. That's not news because I know that they haven't had a – Stadium to play in. Do they have a stadium now? Last I heard they didn't even have a stadium, but I'm not getting into that today. We'll save that for Friday. Um, Allie says squirrel. So that's it. Okay, last thoughts, Moose. (laughs) What's up? What's going on? What do you got going on the rest of the day?
0: You know, it's it's fun. As you know, I actually found out this afternoon it'll be uh, um, making my TSN debut this afternoon in about an hour. So that's coming up. Check it out. He's going it's on TSN. All right. Good stuff. Thanks to all the viewers
2: and listeners, and we'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern. Who has more fun than us?
1: <laughs> Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Hot. That's hot. Hot damn. Hot take.